When it comes to sounding professional in important messages, emails, and documents, small changes make a big difference. But when you write, double-checking turns into triple-checking or even starting over. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that gives real-time writing suggestions so you can get to the next item on your list in record time. The free version of Grammarly saves you from embarrassing spelling grammar and punctuation mistakes. And with Grammarly Premium's advanced time-saving features, you can boost your productivity, write efficiently, and reclaim precious time in your busy day. Streamline your workflow with seamless integration into Google Docs, Microsoft Office, your browser, your phone, and more. Quickly find the right words with Grammarly Premium's vocabulary suggestions. And get straight to the point with Grammarly Premium's clarity suggestions that cut unnecessary words and jargon to make your sentences easy to follow. Get your point across and confidently hit send with Grammarly Premium. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 383. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is back home in Las Vegas. He's chilling. He's enjoying himself at home. Having a good time, working from home. That man does. That man does not mind not being on the road. I'll tell you that. He still loves to travel. He still loves to see the world. But when he can just stay in his own humble little abode, the Casa de Cold Coffee, he is just fine with that. Meanwhile, me, I am back in my hometown of Dallas, Texas. I mean, if you want to get specific, I was at. Well, I mean, I was born in Dallas, but I was raised in Desoto, Texas. So if you're a, a uh, somebody that knows the DFW Metroplex very well. DeSoto's where I graduated high school. Spent most of my younger years. Uh, then uh, spent a lot of time moving around, man. I lived all around this place, man. I lived in Louisville for a while. Lived in Mansfield for a while. Lived in Euless for a while. I lived in, jeez. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I bounced around a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I bounced around a little bit in my younger years. Uh, I've obviously been in Vegas for a long time now. But it's always nice to get home to Dallas, Texas, where we are for UFC 277. And it's fun because, you know, it's always been fun to come back to Dallas because, you know, everybody likes to go home, right? I mean, I love Las Vegas. I don't see myself ever leaving. Um, but I, but everybody likes to go where they grew up, right? Go back to the to the bars that you used to go to, the restaurants that you used to go to, the, the whatever. You know what I mean? Enjoy yourself and see the things that you grew up. But there's always that nice kind of comforting feeling about being around something you, you grew up with and something familiar, you know. But for me, it's gotten more special as my son has gotten older. Um, you know, I, I like to go home and see my parents, of course. But now that I can bring their grandson around too, that's that's actually really cool. And so that's what we got to do this week. Uh, it makes the schedule a little bit more complicated for me. <laughs> got to balance out the family duties with the work duties as well. Don't get to see, obviously, the traveling crew that's on the road, you know. The man, uh, Hot T, was at the media day today. Oscar Willis, uh, you know, Jose Youngs was there. Normally, we might go grab a frosty beverage you know, afterwards, you know, Brett Okamoto. But can't really do that. You know, I got to head out. But but there's something kind of cool about, you know, brought the wife and kid here. And um, I actually stayed with my, my mom last night. My, my parents have been separated for a long time. But I actually uh, stayed with my mom last night because it's a little bit closer to downtown. Um, but now I'm actually at my dad's. My, my wife and kid stayed with my dad last night. And my dad and my son, they got up and, and headed out, I think, at like 6 a.m. this morning to go on a fishing trip, man. My dad loves to fish, and my son, he's uh, he, he enjoys his well. I never quite got into the fishing, so I think my dad enjoys the fact that he can take out his grandson. And they 
went out on uh, Lake Whitney actually and, and got a got a guide out there and uh, man it was cool to be at media day and got a video of my kid you know kind of reeling in a big fish or whatever um, it's fun man so I, I enjoy that aspect of it, kind of balancing both things uh, it, like I said it does make the schedule a little bit more complicated but uh, it's it's cool to get to to marry both those things together so uh, excited about how the week has started we just got in yesterday uh, straight to media day today for USC 277 for the, the event that'll be of course on Saturday night and man listen I'm intrigued by this I, I'm intrigued by this main event we talked about it today I mean, look, this card is is loaded, and that's kind of the way the pay-per-views are now, right? Well, I say loaded. It's a really good card. This is not as big as some of the pay-per-views, so as I say loaded, I get that some people right away will be like, John, no, it's not. But I think there are, especially the main card, I mean, some really, really meaningful fights. You know, maybe not the the, the star power all the way through like some of the recent cards, um, but I still think it's a pretty damn fine card. Um, And I'm intrigued by this main event, man. I really, really am. Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes rematching for the – uh, women's bantamweight title, of course, that Juliana Pena won the last time out they fought. And it's a big one, and and I like the fact that they're running it back right away. It, you know, Amanda Nunes has certainly deserved that, and and you know, then you go to the Ultimate Fighter, and there's intrigue about it, man. I find this to be a very very intriguing fight, and I'm really really intrigued, just because, you know, it's funny. I'm actually we're at my dad's house right now, so I am I am actually. Uh, just outside Midlothian, basically between Midlothian and Waxahachie, Texas. So again, if anybody knows the uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and beyond, I'm at my dad's house right now. Where the whole family's together. We just finished having dinner after the media day. Had to pull away to a little recess over here. We're out. We're, we're out in the country. We're out in the country a little bit, but that doesn't mean that we don't do the MMA Roadshow. So snuck away here. But as we were driving here, so after the media day, I went and picked up my mom in DeSoto. And we drove down here, and she was kind of talking. My mom has become a fight fan, which is interesting because she basically just started watching. Um, basically, I think just so she would have something to talk to me about. <laughs> you know, it is you're trying to relate to your kids, and they ain't got none of the same interest. And but you, you t- take an interest in what they are, so at least you have something to talk about. I think that's basically why she started watching fights. But she's become a fight fan, and, and we were talking about this on the way down, and and in the car down here, and she, you know, she was asking. You know, what do you think about this? I mean, you know, I hear a lot of people say that basically, you know, the reason Juliana Pena won the first time around was because of Amanda Nunes' mistakes, because of her unreadiness. And had she been at 100% that the fight wouldn't have gone the way it went. And I look, that's a very fair opinion. Now, the thing I did caution her is I always hate when people say this fight was won solely because of mistakes that were made, Right. Of course that stuff factors in, but I feel like when you do that, it really fa- it takes away from what you're giving you know the, the winner. You're, so you're saying, you know, unless somebody walked in there and slipped on a banana peel and fell down and hit their head on the floor, and the winner never even threw a punch, you know, then you can say, yeah, yeah, it was definitely some mistakes that were made. But, you know, Juliana Pena had to fight fire with fire. She had to be willing to stand in there and take shots, and she's just that tough. Man, she is really just that tough. She is willing to go in there and engage and keep coming. Like, your her doggedness, her toughness, you can't deny it. You really, really can't deny it. And so I think that was a big factor. And then, of course, her ground game. She's got a really good ground game as well. And so, you know, the things that I've always thought in beating Amanda Nunes is either, A, you want one-hit devastating power. That's always a nice equalizer. Cyborg had that. Didn't work out. 
or you want to be able to take the fight to the floor, control it, and maybe submit her there. Now, here's what's really intriguing about this is the line on this fight. And again, not that I'm a big gambler, but I always like to see it as a perspective. Even though I don't, you know, play money, uh, you know, I've told you, I, I like to observe it. And the only reason I don't gamble is just because I feel like it changes my perspective on the fights. I, I'm just, I'm not one of those people that's able to to lay money on a fight and then come give you a report on what I thought about the result of it that's completely unbiased. If my money's on it, I'm biased. Sorry, I can't be unbiased. But I do like to look at the lines, to see it as an indicator of public opinion and where people are standing on this. And, you know, right now as I look at it, I see Juliana Pena as a plus 230 underdog and Amanda Nunes as a minus 275 favorite. And that's intriguing. You know, I was talking to Hot T about this earlier today because the statistics and the hardcore gamblers would certainly be able to lay this out there. Uh, you know, somebody like my man Dan Tom would have this, you know, Luca Fury who's back in the game, uh, you know, they'll be able to lay this stuff out. But usually, you know, in a rematch, like I think across the board, believe the rematch, like the percentage of the, of the winner winning the second time is pretty high, you know. And in this particular situation especially, you would think that – I don't know. I I just feel like maybe it's disrespecting uh, Juliana Pena just a little bit. Just a little bit for her to be that wide. Now, again, remember, these are all public opinion. This is you know, It is funny when you see fighters get mad about odds because you always do have to remember odds aren't everything, right? They're designed to get action on both sides of it. But, again, you do look at it as kind of an indicator of opinion. That, to me, says that a lot of people still believe in Amanda Nunes. And, and – I get it. If we're calling her the women's goat, if we're saying she's the greatest of all time, you should. Now, the percentage goes up even higher in that rematch statistic, I believe, when the one that won it is younger. I've heard that as a much quoted statistic as well. Now, it's not a huge age gap, despite you know the difference in accomplishments. It's not a huge age gap, but Juliana Pena is the younger fighter. So now it comes down to, I guess, what you think of the difference between the fighters and, and what you think of is going to be different this time around. Did Amanda Nunes just have a bad night? Did she just have one terrible night? Now, listen, she's come out and said, and and I applaud her for doing this. I know that if you're against her, you're going to say it's an excuse, but I applaud her for saying, look, I was dealing with COVID. You know, I the, the, the COVID was still bugging me. <clears throat> it was I was coughing and stuff in practice. It was slowing me down. It was bothering me. I did have an injury as well. And she has said, I kind of regret taking this fight. I should have backed out of the fight and I should have rescheduled it, but I didn't. And so I'm owning up to it. I'm not making an excuse. I'm not, you know, I I made this decision. I paid the price for it. I own up to my mistakes. I don't think you can falter for that. I I, I know a lot of people say you're making excuses. I like to hear stuff like that. Um, I, I know it's ammunition for people to shoot at you, but I like to hear that stuff. Um, so do you buy into that 100%? If so, and she's 100% now, is this a different fight? Or is it the same fight? Is it just that Julianne Pena is the right game? Styles make fights, right? Then you add in the caveat of Amanda Nunes leaving American Top Team and opening her own gym, right? And on the surface, that sounds kind of bad, right? I mean, American Top Team. I'm sure you guys, if you haven't been there, you've at least seen it, right? Massive facility. You've seen video from inside of it, pictures. Massive facility. Uh, how many people? How many people train there? How many training partners do you have available? 
how much do you have on the table? I mean, like, the resources that you have. Dan Lambert, who's funded American Top Team. I mean, what will he do for you? The coaches that you have available for you. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But you go and you want to do it on your own. That sounds a little suspect, right? And, and again, surface level. I'm just saying, outside looking in, not listening to everything. Today, we got a chance to talk to managers. We got a chance to hear a little bit more about it. And I heard she was a little bit frustrated with the Kayla Harrison situation. Um, look, I like Kayla. Uh, no secret there. I thought Kayla was always respectful. I mean, she never brought up an Amanda's name unless somebody brought up Amanda. And I thought she was always respectful in saying that, you know, only in the fact that I want to be known as the greatest ever do I want to be compared to an Amanda at all. She's my teammate, and I'm not trying to shake the boat. You know, if it comes to it that we need to meet someday for determine who's the best in the world, then I'm okay with that. But it will be in a sportsmanlike manner. There will be no bad blood. There will be no trash talking. There will be athletic competitiveness, and that's it. So I always thought she handled it the right way. Still, you know, I guess if you're a little territorial, you know, you're like, hey, this is the house that I built. This is I was here. You know, I know you're being respectful about it, but I still don't like that you're talking about it. I, I don't fault Amanda for being upset at that. But anyway, so those are all the things that you want to factor in, right? I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. When you lose. Because I'm telling you right now, as a gambler, when I look at Juliana Pena, as a dog, in the rematch, after winning the first time, with all the momentum, with the increased self-belief, with Amanda Nunes leaving American Top Team, boy, that looks like an awfully tempting bet to me. But if it was an off night, and Amanda Nunes is at 100%, and she's the GOAT, that she should win the fight, right? I picked her the first time around. I said Juliana Pena is going to be a tough matchup and has the ability to win this fight. You know, there's certain fights you go into. Anything can happen in MMA. But there's certain fights you go into, and you're like, ah, I don't, I mean, puncher's chance. You know, freak things happen in MMA. You know, when you use the term, hey, well, what do you think about this fight? Well, anything can happen in MMA. You know what you're saying. You're like, oh, it's probably not. But maybe it's possible. So uh, I was really intrigued to talk to Juliana Payne today. I will say, looked in great shape. Um, man, looked in great shape. Appeared to be in incredibly good spirits. Uh, no frustrations. No anger. I, I thought she might just be annoyed at having to do all the, the media and stuff like that. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, bring up the name Ronda Rousey or whatever, right? But that was a an example of, wow, you know, like, no media at all. Not that Amanda Nunes would be that way, but could you see her being a little annoyed, a little, a little short, a little like I don't want to have to talk about this right now. I just want to go in there and fight. Yeah, I could see that. And she wasn't. She wasn't in the least. So um, I don't know. I was excited to talk to Amanda Nunes today and uh, kind of find out what she thought about things. Um, I did like the fact, by the way, it was kind of funny at first. I was like, man, because UFC PR did carry in the belt for her and put the belt on the table. And you do kind of have, I mean, you do kind of have to remind yourself that she's the featherweight champ, right? Like, it's not like that's a, a thriving, bustling division. I mean, it stands out when you go to the USC rankings page, and it's literally just her face and nothing else below it. Um, but it is cool. It does remind you, hey, this isn't just, you know, somebody trying to get their belt back. Like, I mean, that's what it is. But this is still champ versus champ. So there's something. Um, but anyway, I was excited to talk to Amanda Nunes, and, uh, and here's what she had to say. And is it kind of nice to have the belt there to at least remind people this is still champ versus champ. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Still very good. And I still have a home anyways. You know, just the title was for her, but we will change that soon. It's been a long time since we've talked to you after a loss, right? I mean, what is the feel of this fight week for you knowing you got to get something back? 
yeah, it's definitely like very exciting for me. Uh, uh, I've been here before, you know, I was a challenge before, so it's not surprising or anything like that. So uh, you make mistakes and you pay it off, you know, I did, I pay, I lost my belt. So, but like after that, I, you know, like I was like, okay, I'm going to go back home and fix you what I have to fix, you know, if I have to make some adjustment and move it. And whatever I'm gonna do, you know, I'm gonna get that thing back. So, lose the belt never was something that's putting me down or making me sad. Just me keep me like even motivated and fire me up. You know, I always need that. Like I always need like that kind of like push. And what Juliana bring was the challenge. You know that I needed for. I was without challenge for so long, and now I finally like get in the, the position that I really like to feel. I like to feel like threat. You know, these moments that are shining the most. How long did it take you to get there, right? Because you had talked about, eh, maybe I'm kind of done with fighting. I want to be with my family. I've accomplished everything. So, you know, after that fight, did you say, well, maybe that's it? Or was it like instant? Like, oh, no, we're going back. Like, how long did it take you to get there? You know, of course, like, I was like a little bit like, yeah, maybe like now I'm, I'm good. So, you know, like, uh, no ways in the way that I want to go out, of course. But like, if I have to go enjoy my life. I'm so happy to do, you know, I did so much for this sport and the sport did it for me as well. So I did everything already that I want for my career. You know, at that point, I kind of like, maybe I retire, maybe not. We'll see. Let's see how my head is. I'm going to wake up tomorrow to see. But when I went back to the hotel that day, and like you guys know, I want to, I want to open my gym for so long. It was in the paper already, but I never was like, Okay, I'm gonna do. I always think maybe next time or not. So after the fight, the first thing that I thought was that if I'm gonna do this again, I'm gonna do in my place with my name now. So and when I went back to the hotel, Mina was talking a little bit. Of course, I was sad, but no, was a sad that was bringing me down. You know, it was a different kind of sadness that I was. I was kind of like sad and hungry at the same time. You know, so. And we always talk, I said, like, you're gonna, if we're going to do this again, we're going to do the way I want now. So and when we, was in, we decided to uh, drive back because what I want to do with that was I have time to think about everything when I drive back home. So if I go in the fly, it's going to be fast. I'm going to sleep and then I'm going to wake up there. So I don't want to die. I want to, like, get my, my thoughts together. And it's the only way that I'm going to give give it my brain like that kind of thinking and rest at the same time because cross the country is beautiful you know you're gonna see so many beautiful places out there in the mountains and everything is gonna clean my mouth and then give me like ideas so it's exactly what happened and i drive it back home like almost 30 hours and we went we stopped in many places and and it was what I, exactly what i need to put it, all my ideas together and when i I arrive at home, we have everything set to start over, you know? So, and now we're here, I'm very happy, fight week. This is the week that we all look for, you know? I'm 100%, I have a great camp. I always be able to like set up my gym the way I want. And the amazing part of the whole thing about the gym is, I was the one that worked hard, you know, to put that thing together. And I have a couple friends, Nina's dad, Nina's dad, friends come help us and, and was just a, a good energy to come back here and then get the belt back. So now I'm here, ready to go. 
and Saturday I will take my belt home with me. So now that you've done this training camp on your own, right? I'm curious, like, what was the best part of it? Because it does sound a little weird. Like, I'm going to leave American Top Team, you know, best facility in the world, best coaches, all the training partners. And you're like, I want to do it on my own. Now that you've done it, I guess, what were the advantages? What's, what's the priority or the good things about it? You know, like, it's, it's America Top Team, like you guys know, always was great to me. You know, Dan Lambert, all the coaches, we make history together. So my, my, my circle over there, I feel like we, we made it we already supposed to, you know. So at this point right now, is like I want to do something that I want for myself, you know. So when I decided to do that, and I was just because I wanted my place, you know. It's not to compete against the gym, nothing, anything like that. It's not always turning my back for them. I just want to do something that's for me, what I want, you know. And I want to feel uh, the place that's, don't have a lot of people at the time. One time, I was already like over to, you know what I mean, be able to train and then like be able to have, have a lot of people. That's not bad at all. It's just a phase in your life that you want to train in your own space, you know, feel safe as well. Feel like, like you're going to train and you, this is your place. You feel this is my place. I do whatever I want. So, Anybody that's walking there, only one who's going to walk if I want, you know? So, but um, all my, my years there, America Top Team was great. You know, you guys know, like, it's not, it's not something that I need to really talk about it, but I like to remember just because I don't want to, like, people think, like, I'm turning my back for the gym. It's not that. I just is going my own now. It's like, it's, it's just a kid that's grow and they want to go in their own. So it's exactly what I, what I want to do with, with my life and... If I retire without open my gym, I would be very upset, you know? So, because it was something that's when I started this, I know I want to have one day. It was my own gym that I train in, that I be able to, you know, do everything that I want, put all my accomplishments in the wall to see every day. It was something that I was looking forward to. I have all the banners for seven years in my life. It was in the tube in the room. I said, like, you know, we have to do something with those things. I cannot, like... Let, leave those things forever right there in the corner and then don't do anything with it. So when I started grabbing everything, you know the feeling that I got from that was amazing. I always like open the, 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 all the banners for all the fights that I did and that thing just me fired up so bad. And when I, I was be able by myself put it in the wall, even like growing that fire back, you know what I mean? I'm gonna do this again, baby, soon. I'm going to get it moving forward. I have to fix a couple things, you know? And I always have in my mind, and uh, I always been say that now, like when the lion is going to attack, the prayer, they don't always take the first time, but the second time, for sure, is going to be more precise. And now I'm here, you know? I'm going to get in my belt back Saturday. Uh, talk about uh, just preparation the second time around. I mean, we know, look, you know, you don't want to make excuses, but there was an injury. There was COVID. There were all these things going on. So getting ready this time, were there huge tactical changes that you need to make, strategy changes? Is it more about just being 100% and being able to do what you thought you could do last time? It's definitely being 100%. You know, have a full camp. You have to have a full camp. You know, go and do your sparring, do everything that you you best of it. You know, to step in the cage 100%. Of course, it's not ex- excusing me. But I, I was exactly what I passed, you know. was exactly what happened in my camp. I had COVID, and soon I was clear, but I still have 
I, I still was coffee walking the gym, you know what I mean? I, I still like training and then stopping and then coffee and all those things. So I still like recovering when I was out from COVID, I still recovering. I still like was getting my, my body, you know, uh, feel better. I still have a little bit like um, fatigue. So, but like all those things. And then on top of that, I, I got injury in the camp. So it was just a mess that camp. But for some reason, I want to fight that day. You know, I, I could easily like uh, recovery and set up another day. But, you know, it is what it is. It's not excuses at all. Just water went through that camp. So Julian is a tough opponent. We all know that, you know, but I have, I've been there before. You know, I fight one of the best girls out there with the similar style. Even 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 better strike, even better wrestling, even better ground game, and I still like getting my belt back. But that one, for some reason, was her night, so she got it, you know. But Saturday, I'm gonna get that thing back. I wanted that thing back, you know. This is the thing that's moving me forward. I wanted the belt back. I miss the belt, you know. It's not it's not all the things to really like pushing me as much. How I want that thing. Last thing for me, you win Saturday night, you're a champ champ again, you get the belt back. Is there any chance that that's enough, that you go, okay, I righted the wrong, now I think I'm ready to be done? Or is this fire that's back, are you thinking beyond Saturday? Yeah, definitely. I just put in my gym out there. My gym looked beautiful. You know, I want to enjoy that gym even more. So I'm going to move forward. All right, so there you go. Listen, an interview is an interview. A fight's a fight. But to me, I feel like this fight is – the fighting game itself is so mental. And in a situation like this, it especially is. And, again, those question marks, leaving American top. When you hear her talk about it, you know, at first – when I first heard about it, it sounded like Amanda Nunes is pissed off and she doesn't know what to do next and she was thinking about retiring and she opened its own gym and what's she doing? I mean – you know, look, Roger Cross, a legit coach, man. That's somebody that's been around her. So, I, you know, she's saying the right things. And so now I start thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe that maybe that price is good. You know, maybe if you can get the goat and not the, you know, less than three to one, maybe all right. So, I don't know. You know, it's 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 just so intriguing because to me, oh, it's it's how do you factor that? I mean, how much stock do you put into the COVID, the injury, the off night, the the I mean, just everything. How much do you put into that? Or do you just think that Juliana Pena is the right stylistic matchup? Well, Juliana Pena, um, she was one of the last folks we spoke to on the day. Uh, still in incredibly good spirits as well. Um, man, it, it, the transformation of her, I think back a few years ago where it seemed like she was annoyed to speak to the media at all. And I get it. I'm not, I, I've said, if you're a long-time listener to the show, you've heard me talk about this before, but like, I honestly don't feel like any fighter owes us anything like period they don't they absolutely do not owe us anything do i think that it's a good idea for them to kind of like help talk to us and you know give us some information so we can talk about it and you know maybe get your own message across and and all that stuff like yeah i I do i think it's (laughs) i think it's good but if somebody doesn't want to talk to us i i don't feel personally offended or anything like that but for the longest time, it was like you walked up to her at the old school media days where we were kind of moving our cameras around, setting up the tripod and all that. And you could just sense this like, ah, oh. 
<laughs> but she's not that way anymore. She's great. She's engaging. Um, and, and she has some wonderful things to say as well. And, um, you know, I was kind of a little bit curious about her mindset as well, right? Because she always said, like, I'm going to beat her. She was asking for the fight. I can beat her. I know I can beat her. This, this, you know, I got this. And she did it. She got there and she did it. I know everybody, you know, people say that. But first of all, and I do want to say this too, you can always tell people that are saying something to kind of get themselves to believe. Like they're repeating some mantra to try to get themselves to believe that that's the truth. And then you can tell people who are talking about it, they just believe it. And, and I guess, you know, maybe that's just something that comes from like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews or whatever. But like, I don't know. I feel like it's it's not just like... I feel like it's more evident than that. Like, I feel like you don't even have to be somebody that's done thousands of interviews to get it. Like, you just sense that reality in people. Like, they're just saying that to try to convince themselves to, oh, no. No, 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 no. They know something. You know, I always, I always go back to Chris Weidman back in the day about just the confidence he was speaking with ahead of Anderson Silva. And it was it was, it was was different, man. It was something different. And, and look at what he went out there and did. And she always had that. Like, it never seemed – Fake to me. Now, now you can you can look at somebody that's like that, and you can think that they're being delusional. You know what I mean? Like, and, and uh, clearly she was not. And I'm not saying I thought she was ahead of time, but you can see somebody that has that belief in themselves, and you can also be like, yeah, but uh, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, it's 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 uh it's funny, but she had that, and then she went out and proved it. But, but here's what I was interested with Juliana. So you know, I did watch the Ultimate Fighter. I know a lot of people didn't. That's fine. Um. But, you know, they had a couple confrontations, and Juliana's got that little little sass to her, you know. She was a little bit dismissive. You know, there was one that when they did their final face-off, you know, Amanda was like, that's my belt, I'm going to take it. And Juliana was just like, that's what you said last time. And kind of smile, you know. And I know it's a weird situation. You're having a face-off in the middle of the cage where you're still months away from a fight and whatever. But I don't know. I just wonder, like, is she, like, you know, now that she did it, is she going to be dismissive and be like, yeah, I knew I was all that. Told y'all I was all that. I, I had never, no, you know, never had a doubt that I was that good. Was she gonna be that way? I don't think she was, man. I feel like she's still giving Amanda a lot of respect and realizing this is still a very dangerous fight. And I think that's healthy as can be because if you go in there thinking I got her once, I mean, I took her best shot and I walked right through it. She can't hang with me. She got tired. I broke her all those things that she could have a right to feel that way. If you felt that way, that could be really dangerous. That could be a real problem for you. Um, I don't in talking to her, I don't feel like she's taking it that way. Again, an interview is an interview, a fight's a fight. What you do in practice is what you do in practice. That's behind closed doors. Um, but you've never heard anything about, you know, her work ethic other than it's just like unbelievable and she's intense as it gets. So, you know, I didn't think it was a concern, but you never know. How do things change? Get those checks rolling in, you know? Like, are you like, ah, look how great I am, da da da, da. Um, So anyway, I was excited to talk to Juliana Pena, and here's what she had to say. Hello. Hello. How much uh, different has life been for you over the past seven months or so? I mean, both, you know, just in the cage and out. Flying first class is something I could definitely get used to. Aside from that, um, you know, not really much has changed. Not too much anyways. You know, your, your kid doesn't care if you're the champion of the world. And that's a real humbling experience that I live on a daily, daily basis. 
That's hilarious. How about Fight Week itself? I mean, you had been expecting this and wanting this and working towards this for a long time. Now that you're in the middle of it, I mean, we hear sometimes champs go, whoa, I didn't know it was going to be that much. I mean, how, how have you felt this week? You know, the one thing that I have been gunning for my entire career is to be the champion of the world of champion of the world. It seems like every time you hear me talking, I'm trying to get an opportunity to be the champion of the world. Now that I'm the champion of the world, there's no complaints. There's no complaining. There's no nothing. This media, it's not enough. I want more. I'm looking for the camera. Where are they at? I'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to. I'm the champion of the world. This is what I wanted. This is what I asked for. And I got it. And so now there's nothing left to do but the job itself. And that's let people know who I am. This is my opportunity to show people who I am and, and kind of let them get to know me. And uh, I relish in that moment. You always said you would beat Amanda, right? I mean, very respectful. I mean, if you're champion of the world, you got to put the belt there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a break to do that. Thanks, Lene. <laughs> I mean, you always said that you would beat Amanda, right? I mean, and it was always respectful, but you said, I know I can beat her. So what was it that you knew about her or about you that you were so confident in that, like, I'll, I'll be the one to take her out? You know, I think stylistically, when you look at styles, I think that that's a, a pretty good indicator. Um, I also have uh, the best team in the world that has eyes and uh, heartbeats on the floor watching and 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 guiding me. And uh, without my team and without the adversity that me and myself have had to face in my own career and in my personal life, I think those factors have given me the confidence to know that you can put King Kong in front of me and, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win. I want to ask you about the ultimate fighter experience because you got to spend, I mean, not a ton of time around each other, but a little bit. And you seem like the person that's always trying to glean something or learn something. So what did you take out of those interactions that you had on the ultimate fighter? You know, funny enough, I was watching her sitting in her van, uh, like watching my practices. They got caught. They got caught big time. And uh, once we saw them watching our practices, they threw the car in reverse and they hightailed it out of there. And I'm like, oh, I see what you guys are doing there. I don't need to do any of that, though. I don't need to do any of that. But the most important thing is I can learn a lot just by listening to the fights and how they corner and, and the way that they are instructing their fighters on how to move and what combinations to throw and stuff like that. So that was very telling. Interesting. Um, tactically for this fight, right? I mean, you got it done the first time around. Do you just kind of go in there and say, look, we know how to beat her. Let's execute that again. Or do you say, no, we've got to have an element of surprise. We have to change things up. Like how much adjustment do you make considering you won the first time around? You know, at the end of the day, Amanda and I are the two best women's fighters in the world. You're literally getting the two best fighters in the world that are going to collide on Saturday night. Uh, I, I can't tell you that I'm going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. I can just tell you that I'm going to stand there toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best in the world, and I'm going to give my best, and uh, we're going to see whose ovaries are bigger. And I am willing to bet that that is me. I love that. Uh, you win this fight. You close this chapter. You've beaten the GOAT twice. I mean, where do you go from there? I mean, do you, are you looking at other people in division? Are you looking at other options? What, what do you do at that point? You know, I am just ready to snuff out this torch. The torch was passed. I snuffed it out. I'm ready to close this chapter, and I'm ready to to move forward. Um, with that being said, it's hard for me to, to predict what's in the future and what's going to happen. I just want to live presently in the moment, and presently I have uh, a big – bigger, faster, stronger, you know, new gym, better mental state, Amanda, that is going to be facing me on Saturday night. And I don't take that lightly. I take it very seriously. So ask me again on Saturday night. I mean, 
It sounds like healthy respect to me. It really does sound like healthy respect to me, and uh, and I'm intrigued by this matchup. I really, really am intrigued by this matchup. And by the way, the fact I love the you know daughter doesn't care that I'm world champion. Like that's so funny, man. It's kids are the best, right? They don't understand. They they can't put it in perspective. You're just their parent to them, and you need to make them dinner, or make them eggs, or whatever, man. It's Kids are the best, man. They keep you grounded like that. So I'm intrigued by this. I just I look at that plus money on a fighter that already won, that's younger, all the trends that I thought had the game to beat her, but then, whew, then I just think if Amanda's on, Amanda's on. I think she had an off night, so I'm torn. I'm 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 intrigued by this, and I, I like when when Juliana says it's two best in the world. You're gonna see the two best in the world go at it, and um, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Champ versus champ. Uh, it's a big main event. Co-main event interim flyweight title is on the line. Brandon Moreno, Kai, Cara, France. Uh, I like this fight a lot as well. Such an intriguing situation too, right? Because for Brandon Moreno, like, dude, he's taking a risk here, man. He really is taking a risk. And I think he deserves credit for that. You know, you've got the three-fight series with Devin Figueredo. Everybody wants a fourth. Well, maybe not everybody wants a fourth. I want a fourth. The UFC wants a fourth. So, um you know, if I want it and the UFC wanted to get not, you know, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's not like I'm out on an island. I think a lot of people wanted that fourth fight, and you know, Brandon chose not to wait around for it, and I can't really fault him for that. I mean, the window of opportunity is is only so wide. You can only fight for so long, and if he's saying, "Look, I gotta, I gotta fight," I, you know, I, I gotta keep going, and if he's gonna step away and fight somebody like Kai Car France, who's clearly next in line with that incredible win streak that he's on. You know, it's not like uh, Brandon said, well, you know, I, I don't really want to wait for Devison. And now, man, look at that guy at number 14. You know, he looks really enticing to me. No, he's saying, give me the next toughest guy. No disrespect for that whatsoever. In fact, all the respect in the world. Now, you know, Brandon, and to his credit, Brandon was like, look, because I wondered, you know, I mean, interim flyweight title. I mean, if you've been the undisputed champ, does that even mean anything to you? He said, hell yeah, it still means something. You know, it's still a big fight for me. I still want to put on for, you know, the people of Mexico that I know that I serve as an inspiration to. Um, I still want to do that. So, yes, this is still a very, very meaningful fight to me. You know, and it's still about, still a UFC title. So, um, he's excited and, and, you know, he's been training for five-round fights. And he's all, all this experience with Devison. Um, he, he he beat Kai before. I mean, there's a lot of things. Look, Dallas, I'm assuming, is going to be a lot like Anaheim with a very Latino crowd, you know, supporting him. He's, and he's going to be getting cheers. So, um, exciting to see it. Big, big, big fight in the Coleman event. And the flip side of it, Kai Car France, I mean, this is his world title. Now, to him, okay, yes, it's an interim title, but it's a USC world title, and it's my first shot at it. And, man, I've been groomed alongside Israel Adesanya, Alexander Volkanovsky. I've seen what they've gone through. I understand what it takes to be at their level. I've picked their brains on a daily basis. I've I've seen the physical tools required. I know what it is. And, you know, he talked a lot about just being present and really focusing on what's going on and, and, and just being in the moment. And, and uh, man, I mean, you cannot argue with the results of this win streak. So really, really intrigued by this one as well. I think, to be honest, a little bit surprised to see Morano is a pretty heavy favorite here. Maybe maybe I shouldn't be. I mean, the fights that he had with Figueredo were amazing. Um, but I just – Kai, damn, these last three fights has looked phenomenal. Um, I think this is going to be a great fight. I, I've always loved the flyweight division, and I think this is going to be a highly entertaining flyweight matchup. Uh, I mean, 
I guess you probably do have to side with Brandon just based on the championship pedigree alone. But what we've seen out of his fights as well, again, against a guy as dangerous as Devison, you know, who's going to have elite level grappling, who's going to have powerful striking, who's going to have all those things. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, Kai and, and, and that team, that city kickboxing team, my goodness, man, unbelievable. So love this fight a lot. By the way, both fighters went out of their way to be like, man, kind of taking shots at Devison and, and just saying – Look, you know, Brandon was kind of saying, look, I, is is he hurt? I hope, you know, if he is, okay, you know, sorry, hope he gets better. But I don't know if he's hurt. You know, first he's, you know, wanting more money, and then he's talking about he doesn't want to fight me because the the racist stuff. And, you know, I mean, just – and it's true. Devison was talking a lot, man, and doing a lot of weird things. And maybe, you know, that was his old management group and Valid, you know, Valid, and, and, and he likes to stir the pot, man. That's the Valid Ishmael style, man. He likes to – be a little bit chaotic, and so maybe that was part of the advice he was getting. I don't, I don't know. Um, but you know, Kaikar France, same thing. Was like, look, that dude's not here. I'm here, you know. And you want to say this belt I'm fighting for is not real? Well, I'm here. You know what I mean? It's it's a real belt, and you're not here right now. And both, you know, Moreno. I was like, look, if you, you know, first, first Kai, I was like, well, look, okay. So Kai, I mean, it's the interim belt. He's kind of put you down. You win. Is it important that you get Figueroa next, or do you just try to stay busy? Like, if he's ready or not, he's you know he he kind of dismissed that and was like, well, look, Davison's going to be here on Saturday night, so I fully believe you know they have every intention of making that fight next, and he's probably right. But you just wonder what what happens if not. Meanwhile, Brandon was like, look, I'm fighting again in December. <laughs> when I win this fight, I'm fighting again in December, and if Davison's ready, cool, we can do number four. If not. Boy, that fight between Pantoja and Perez sure does look like that's the number one contender fight, you know. So I'll fight the winner of that fight. And I, I respect that, you know. I, I honestly do respect that. Randall saying, look, I, you know, this fourth fight we can have it, but I'm not basing my career around this dude. I'm not I'm not waiting on him. I'm fighting. And, and again, if you're not down there saying, I want number 15 guy, I want unranked guy, how can you disrespect that? Okay, I'm an interim champ? Fine. You're the real champ? Fine. I'm, I'm defending my interim title and you th- think it doesn't mean anything? Fine. I'm fighting the best available. So I love this fight. I really, really do love this fight. You know, um, Devison hopefully is ready for the winner and, and everything's good to go with his injury and his contract situation and all that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think I'm, I'm super, super intrigued by this fight. So, again, you know, if you're looking for two title fights at the top, are these the, the highest profile title fights that you could have? No, but it's the first time they've been in Dallas in a long time. It is two good fights, you know. So, you know, again, now, I'm not being asked to pay $600 a ticket, you know, so maybe my opinion's a little bit off. But as far as am I expecting an entertaining night, yeah, I am. Um, you know, could there be higher profile fights in the two title fights? Yeah, there could be. But I think they're, they're, they're both going to be entertaining fights. I think they're both very intriguing fights, so I like these. Heavyweights uh, in the featured fight, Sergey Pavlovich versus Derek Lewis. Um, <laughs> Derek, I, I, I love this fight. First of all, Sergey is dangerous. Flying under the radar, dangerous. First time I've stood next to him in person today. It didn't even stand next to him. Just was, was, was you know, framing him up in the camera and watching him walk in. That dude's a tank. <laughs> that dude is an absolute tank, man. Um, and and he, he's excited about this. Spoke with a lot of confidence. Not overwhelmed by the moment, you know, big opportunity. It's his fifth fight in the UFC already. And, you know, came in and lost and was kind of overmatched in his debut, but has since rallied back for three big wins, and now he gets Derek Lewis. Um, Big moment for him. And Derek Lewis, 
come on, man. Derek Lewis is Derek Lewis. He's the most one of the most entertaining guys in the business today. And uh, his his scrum today was just absolutely legendary. When Derek Lewis walks in, you know you're not going to get – if you try to do a typical interview – now, listen, I always do try to get some fight-related questions. You know, try, try to get something. Because when I do interviews, I think probably – I don't really ever talk about this. But I think when I do interviews, like, I'm thinking about, like, I have to get certain quotes to fit in certain stories. Like, I'm – I come from that newspaper world of, like – I need to get a preview done. And not that I've pre-written the story, but, like, I know I need to get comments on certain things. You know, I, I'm not somebody that does a lot of, like, 30-minute long-form interviews so we can talk kind of what about whatever this and we can meander that way. It's like, no, I've got my subject on the phone or in person for six to eight minutes. I have certain quotes about certain topics that I need to get. And so I'm always conscientious of that. Um, but you know Derek Lewis that, like, if you just hit it straight like that, uh, he is going to be terrible because he doesn't like it at all. So um, I try to find a balance of that, and then things went a little bit off the rails. But, I mean, come on. It's Derek Lewis. If they go a little bit off the rails, you just enjoy it because he's Derek Lewis. And, uh, yeah, somehow things got a little off track from where I thought they would go. Derek, was there any part of you that considered just telling him, hell no, I'm not fighting in Texas. I know you think I'm from here. I love it here, but get me at somewhere else. No, not really. Um, I started fighting in Texas, so I got more wins than losses in Texas. So um, I don't think it's no bad luck and nothing like that. Just shit, it is what it is lately. That's what it, what it's been. That's just the game. It is uh, fighting Sergey. Uh, safe to say that when they gave you his name, you had no idea who he was. You already know. You didn't know who he was either. Don't <laughs> <laughs> try to ask me like I know. I ain't know who he was. I still know who he is. <laughs> Do he speak English? No. He has a very fine translator with him, though, if you need to get anything across to him. I'm going to have my translator, too. Chang. <laughs> That's my translator watch tomorrow. Well, so how does that process go? Like, the email comes in. There's some name of some dude you've never even heard of, right? I mean, do you just automatically go, yes? Do you ask anybody? Like, should we take this? Like, how does that process go? It really don't matter. You know, I fought everyone. So, I fought guys that's should be champions, you know, and and I fought guys that should be like being a reporter for MMA Junk. <laughs> but you know, I fought everyone, so it don't matter. Nice. I don't so, care. I don't care. I'm not the best fighter, you know. So I don't go out there thinking that I'm the best fighter either. So it don't matter to me. I don't care. Nice. Well to give you the scouting report, he comes in with three straight first round knockouts. So I mean, obviously, you're a knockout fighter as well. I mean, do you want to go like, hey, let's go fireworks, toe for toe? Or is this the one where you go, let's let's show that blue belt? You know what I mean? Let's break out the blue belt skills and go against this heavy-handed striker. <clears throat> yeah, I, I showed a little sparks last fight, you know, my takedowns. And we might do a little blue belt action first round. We don't, we don't know. We'll see. We'll just see how it goes. You know, I prefer just getting the win any means necessary, though. Nice. Last thing for me, Derek. I mean, obviously, we know you fight for your family, right? It seems like you've done pretty well for yourself so far and everything is good. What motivates you at this point? I mean, is it still like I still got to put money away for the family in the future? Or is it that knockout record? Is it about the fans that you have? Like, what, what motivates you these days? Um, it's still the money. You know, shit, inflation. You didn't see the gas price? Shit, you, um, what is it, $7, $6, something like that in Vegas? Yeah, it's rough. It's like 6 bucks in Vegas. Yeah. So it's even more. I was actually excited to see the prices here. It's nice. Yeah, it just went down last week. Yeah. Well, if you
you get the Mega Millions though, then do you still keep fighting? It's a billion dollars now. Mega Millions, I'm gonna buy the UFC. <laughs> now I'm gonna talk so much shit to the reporters. Oh, I'm gonna dog y'all ass out like y'all do as fighters. Oh, yeah. Are you not a fan of us reporters, Derek? Fuck y'all. <laughs> y'all talk so much shit about me for no reason. I'm sitting up here telling y'all ass the truth. I don't give a fuck about this fighting shit. Y'all sitting up here telling me, oh, I don't think Derek got it. Motherfucker, I've been telling y'all, fuck y'all. <laughs> shit. It is what it is. I don't care. I feel like you're one of the more popular fighters amongst the media. Nah, man. I don't even like y'all. Oh, but old boy right here, um, you lost some weight though. You're looking good, man. A little bit. I got, I got a ways to go, but you starting. But you lost weight. You see, you're getting a little neck now. You're starting to see like the um, the outline of your neck. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so you're looking good, man. Yeah. Maybe it's the shirt. The worst though. compliment I've ever no, gotten in my life, dog. No, no, maybe it's maybe it's the blue shirt you usually wear. Yeah, but yeah. the black. Oh, okay. They do say the black shirt make you look skinny. Okay. Switch it up. Uh-huh. It's like having Sean Strickland back in here, just roasting us. <laughs> no, no offense. No offense, but you know, everybody a little sensitive nowadays. It's just a little preview of when you buy the UFC, what we're up against. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to light your ass so I got all kinds of blueberry muffin jokes on you. <laughs> but uh, next question, man. <laughs> I don't even have it. <laughs> Uh, Derek over here. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, bad. What is the weirdest question that you've ever been asked? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I think they all weird. Where I get my name from, I guess. The Black Beast. I always think it's a setup every time they ask me that. Especially a foreign, from a foreign country. Because they automatically think it's something racist. So I'll be trying not to feed them too much into it. Because they already, you know, from Russia, Germany, and all that. They, they're born off that swastika stick. But, man, don't be asking me no question. Next question, man. <laughs> That's it? No, I got I go one for you, Derek. Right here. Uh, I saw where you from, BET? <laughs> Come on now. Huh? MMA Junkie. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I saw in a, a video you did recently, you were at a car show or something like that, and a guy interviewed you, and uh, you were around one of your expensive vehicles that you own. Can't say that, man. Can't say that. And he, he asked you when I'm you trying came. to get a new contract. You can't talk about my expensive. My bad. It was, it was a modest vehicle. Okay. I think it was like a Civic or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paper tags. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, he asked you what you did for a living. And uh, I think uh, fighting was the last thing that you mentioned. I think you actually said you were a part-time fighter. So mm-hmm. um, how, how actually engaged are you at this point in terms of, you know, your fighting career? Part-time, full-time, that sort of thing. No, actually, um, I changed camps. I'm at a new camp now. And we just been having fun. I've been enjoying the process of training. I used to um, not like to even drive to the gym. Now I try to get there early. 
you know, like at least one minute earlier than I usually do. Right, Chain? I don't, have I been late this camp? Oh, okay. All right. Fuck him. Get the camera off him. Get the camera off him. Back on me. But anyways, I go to the gym early. I don't care what they say. I go to the gym early. I leave late. You know, I don't got the key to it, but I still leave late. And I get the work done. And I've been having fun in the gym. Been a while since I had fun in, in the gym. So this is going to be your 25th UFC fight, your your silver anniversary, so to speak. You know, we've had some other folks try to hang around for 50, like Donald Cerrone. Will you be around that long? I don't know. That's kind of hard. 50 fights? Yeah, 50 fight UFC fights? Across UFC and Zufa, like uh, um, WEC. I don't know. I don't know. I never thought about that. That's crazy. Were you, were you aware this was your 25th? No. That's crazy, too. <laughs> because I know there's a lot of people didn't even think I would even make it past my second fight, you know? But it's crazy to be even fighting for, like, my 25th fight this week, 25th. And that's crazy. And now it feel like now that I'm finally training the way I'm supposed to be training and doing everything I'm supposed to be doing these last few years. And I feel like if I would have been doing that from the get-go, I'd still be where I'm at. Shit. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Can always count on the Black Beast to make things slightly uncomfortable, <laughs> but still a little fun. Uh, I had a good time, man, and uh, yeah, I enjoy it because I know he doesn't love those situations. So if we can all walk away laughing from it, uh, and everybody has a good time, then I think that's a good media day session. He's he's uh, he's he's funny. Um, flyweights, we, we mentioned it: Pantoja versus Perez to round uh, out that division, and then uh, and that's a great fight, man. Really, really high level fight. Um, four and six in the division. Pantoja. I mean, this dude just fights, and he and he said it, man. Like, I, look, I'm not a big talker. I'm not a, you know, whatever. He's like, I just fight. You know what I mean? I think that's what people like to see. Meanwhile, Perez, man, has had that string of bad luck. You know, some his fault, some not. Um, but, you know, fought for a title last time out. He's still right there in the division, number six. So this is this is a big moment for him. So, um, you know, the two big flyweights. Again, I love flyweights, man. I just think that. The fact that they can mix things together, move so quickly, last for five rounds or three in this particular situation, I love it, man. So uh, I'm excited for both those fights. And then, of course, the main card starts off with Magomed Ankalaya versus Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith had a great scrum today, thoughtful as always. Um, I, I love talking to him, man. Obviously, known him for a long, long time. Seen him through his ups and downs, and and he's always just so open and insightful. And obviously, he's an analyst as well, so he can speak and, and talk in that manner. But he just he just gets the game, man. And he's open about everything. And look, he said, "Look, I'm not being dismissive of Ankalaev. I'm not saying he's not good. He's good. Everybody at this level is good." He's like, "But I just don't see the unbeatable monster that everybody else does. Like, I I think I can beat this guy. And by the way." I think we need to start talking about me in a title shot next. Now, it looks like the rematch is next um, between Prohoshka and Teixeira. And even he was like, if it's Teixeira, like, even though I can make arguments against it, he's like, I got so much respect for that guy that I, I, I will just be quiet and sit back, which, you know, we've talked about the respect inside the sport that Glover Teixeira has. I mean, 
come on, dude. Like, when somebody would say, like, I think I deserve the title shot, but, you know, I'm not going to argue because I have so much respect for that guy. I'll sit back and wait my turn. That tells you a lot about a person, and that's the type of opinion that he does have. So, uh, good there. And, and then you have Mega Man Ink Alive, who, again, Anthony Smith saying, I don't think he's this killer, but, you know, he did say, look, I think he's good. But, look, the streak that Ink Alive is on is impressive. And, um, you know, he wins here, and I think you you got to talk about him regardless of how it goes. So, um, great stuff. And, look, I want to play you this because shout out to the Russian translator that they had today. Uh, I, I know that may sound like a weird thing to mention, uh, but, man, I, I thought this dude was good. And sometimes, you know, it's funny because I, I really didn't have a whole lot of um, – I don't know, like, my questions are usually kept to a minimum when Ankle Live was there. I try to get a couple quick quotes, um, and now I kind of wish I had been more ready to throw a few more because, um, man, this dude was this dude was solid. His name is uh, Sergey Nagorny is, is his name, uh, and I only know that because he tagged me on Twitter, so I appreciate it. Uh, I'm playing this, A, because you get some great quotes from Ankle Live, but B, I'm petitioning, no disrespect to anybody else, but I'm petitioning for this guy to be the full-time Russian to English translator. Uh, maybe he, you know, again, he could have just been totally making up words. But if anybody speaks Russian and wants to fact check this dude, please do. Because uh, this was some phenomenal, you know, translating for me. Interpretation, whatever you want to call it, man. I thought it was good. Uh, I, I feel like I got more out of Ankh Live in this than we have at any other time. So I'm playing this sheerly to highlight the translator who, again, Maybe was just making stuff up. He said he wasn't. He promised he wasn't. But I, I thought it was great. Man, this is the first big U.S. pay-per-view card, sold-out arena. I mean, does this feel like a big moment in your career? Первый большой UFC в Америке, все все распродано. Для тебя это кажется как большой момент в твоей карьере? Да, конечно. Мы уже, я уже забыл, когда я дрался уже с полищками. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I fought with fans around me, so I'm very motivated, I'm very excited about it, and I'm, I'm ready to go. Big matchup with Anthony Smith. I mean, what do you think of him as an opponent? What challenges specifically does he present to you? Большой бой против Антони Смита. Что ты о нем думаешь как о сопернике, и какие у него загадки, которые ты должен разгадать? Антони уже, можно сказать, ветеран. В этом спорте у него большой багаж. Это будет очень хороший бой. Нету никакой недооценки. Он все еще опасен. Поэтому, ну, я думаю, мы его пройдем. He's a very good fighter. He's got a lot of experience in the sport. I definitely do not underestimate him, but I'm ready to go. And uh, I think this is a challenge that I'll be able to solve and, and keep moving forward. He's been kind of vocal in saying that while he respects your skills, he doesn't necessarily know if you're this next champion that everybody else seems to say you are. Have you heard those comments, and what do you make of them? Он говорил, что хоть он и уважает твои навыки, но не видит тебя как, наверное, следующего чемпиона в этой организации и так далее. Что ты думаешь про эти высказывания? Ну, каждый думает по-своему, но мы делаем свою работу, мы это показываем, мы идем только вверх. He's allowed to think what he wants, but I know I do my work. We do our work. I make sure to show that I do my work, and we're only moving up, so there you go. You guys are both obviously in the top five, so, I mean, this is a big fight. Do you believe this is a number one contender fight? Like, if you win, should you be fighting for a title next? 
Вы оба в топ-пятерке, и для тебя кажется, что это уже победитель этого боя станет претендентом на чемпионский титул? Как ты думаешь, это элиминатор такой, матч элиминатор? Ну, конечно, я бы хотел за титул драться давно, я думаю, заслуживаю это. Но пока мы нацелены на этот бой, настроены, пока я вижу Энтони, я нацелен только на него. После уже будем думать, я думаю, мы услышим хорошие новости после этого боя. Right now I'm solely concentrated on this fight, on fighting Anthony. I want to make sure that I go through this fight first. And then once I win, then we can think about what's next and what, what is the right thing next. Given the opportunities that are potentially available to you, though, is it important to you here that you make a statement with a, you know, a big finish or some kind of highlight or is just a win of any kind enough? Ты считаешь, что это большая для тебя возможность этот бой? Для тебя важно закончить этот бой как-то феерично или досрочно? Сделать, как бы, показать о себе, сказать, что вот, вот какой я, как я могу, что я умею? Конечно, я буду показывать в этом бою максимум, что я могу, так как соперник у меня очень хороший, он уже давно в, этом, в этой деле, поэтому, я думаю, мы покажем максимум. I'll make sure to go all out. I'll make sure to show what I'm capable of. I know that my opponent is very important to this organization, very big in the sport in general. So it's important for me to show that I'm 100% ready and I will go 100% for this. Last thing for me, regardless of who you fight next, you know, a win on Saturday. What do you see for yourself? Are this full arena paper? Are you a pay-per-view fighter now moving forward? Are you still okay maybe going back to the apex? Like, what do you see for the future of your career? Не зависимости от того, с кем ты будешь сражаться после Энтони, но после этого боя в субботу ты с этого момента считаешь, что ты только будешь сражаться на pay-per-view, что ты уже больше не вернешься как бы на такие fight night в Apex в Лас-Вегасе, или ты уже готов всегда сражаться на вот таких больших картах? Ну, конечно, я всегда готов драться в таких картах, но это это решает UFC, не я. Если бы я это решал, я всегда бился бы только таких. Of course, for me, it's 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 amazing to fight on such a big pay-per-view, and I don't decide where I'm going to fight. So if the UFC decides that I have to go back to the Apex, sure. But if it was up to me, I would only go on pay-per-view fights, of course. Right, over here, uh, Anthony Smith obviously has a lot of experience, even before the UFC. He has like 20-something knockouts, 15 or so submissions. But I'm curious, when you're watching him fight or watching tape on him, where does he stand out the most, or is he just well-rounded all around as a fighter? У него даже до UFC где-то 20 боев нокаутных, то есть у него очень большой экспириенс. Как тебе кажется, когда ты смотришь на, на записи его боев, и в каких именно элементах он uh, большой, он интересно сражается? Вот что, что из того, что ты видишь, ты, ты можешь рассказать? Ну, я не вижу у него что-то особенного. Ну, обычный парень, да, который дерется и в стойке, и в партере, не боится в стойке драться, не боится в партер лезть, поэтому ну, это обычно для меня. He's just a regular guy. I don't think of, of one skill better than the other skill. Yeah, he's good stand-up, he's good on the ground, he's, he's kind of good all, over, all around, but it's not anything new for me. I'm, I'm prepared for that. And then finally, I'm curious what you thought while watching the Yuri Glover fight. A lot of people think that's one of the greatest fights of all time, let alone title fights. So while you're watching it, what's going through your mind? Просто интересно узнать, что ты думал про бой Гловера Тешера и Юрия Прохашка. Очень много людей считают, что это был, наверное, один из самых лучших боев в этом весовой категории. Вот когда ты смотрел этот бой, что ты думал? Ну, конечно, это бой для зрителей, он очень такой зрелищный был. Но если смотреть, как 
как боец, как профессионал, они просто рубились. Ни у одного не было такого тактической работы, просто зарубились. Yeah, of course, it was a it was an interesting fight for everyone to see. For the fans, it was it was very you know a standout fight. But if I'm watching it as a fighter myself, I mean it was just a, it was just a bunch of fights and and punches thrown. It was it was not nothing technical or tactical from from one guy or the other. They just had a, a hell of a fight, but it wasn't very tactical. Magomed over here. Um, when Anthony was in here earlier, I asked him, you know, if does he prefer the smaller cage or the larger cage? Both of your last fights were in the UFC Apex. Obviously, you're going to be in a bigger cage here in a pay-per-view venue. Uh, what, what size cage do you prefer in your fights? Anthony seems to think that your style is catered more towards the larger cage. Когда здесь был Антони до тебя, я спросил у него вопрос насчет того, какой размер клетки ему больше нравится. В Apex, понятное дело, там клетка чуть меньше, а сейчас будет большая клетка большого размера. И ему кажется, что, когда он спросил у Антони, Антони сказал, что ты, в принципе, боец, которому удобней в большой клетке. А ты как ответишь на этот вопрос? Какая клетка тебе больше нравится? Ну, я уже бился и там, и тут. У меня нету разницы. Я чувствую себя хорошо, как и в стойке, так и в партере. Мне без разницы, какая бы клетка ни была. Главное, чтобы она была закрытой. Honestly, I don't care about the size of the cage. The most important thing is that the cage door is locked. So, so it's very. Uh, I mean, I can fight standing up. I can stand. Uh, I can fight on the ground. The fact is, I'm not worried about the size of the cage. It's the fact that the door is locked is most important. So there you go. I mean, shout out to Mega Man Inc. Live, but shout out to uh, Sergey Nagorny as well. I like that. <laughs> uh, listen, rush the card again. And, th and this is why I think, look, I think this main card is fantastic. I mean, look, everybody on there is ranked, um, you know, m you know, half of them, only one outside the top ten, only, only two outside the top five. I mean, look at that. Pena versus Nunes, Champ versus Champ, Moreno versus Kai Car France, one versus two, Lewis versus Pavlovich, five versus eleven, Pantoja versus Perez, four versus six, Ankalaya versus Smith, four versus five. That's high level. That's high level. Now I get it. You, you come down to the prelims, and here's maybe where it drops off. You know, you know, last time we were talking about like I know it got shaken up a little bit, but like at one point, like Brad Tavares and Andrikis uh, uh, Duplessis was like on the early prelims or whatever. So I get it. We don't have that. Uh, but Alex Morono versus Matthew Simmelsberger should be fireworks. Morono, I, I love that kid, man. Like, least uh, intimidating dude you'll ever see. Um, but comes to scrap every time. Simmelsberger, two wins in 16 seconds or less. I mean, come on. That's insane. Drew Dober versus Rafael Alves. I think that should be fantastic. Uh, Dante Mays versus Hamdi El Dahwab, who's making his debut. Um, kind of a highly touted guy out of the Middle East. We'll see how, how he does in his debut. Jakar Close versus Rafa Garcia. That's a fight. Get on. Michael Morales is back. That dude looks like the real deal. He's facing a newcomer. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards, who was sporting the Naruto t-shirt that my kid found so great at the airport. I tweeted about that. It was pretty funny. Anybody didn't see my tweet? We landed in Dallas. My wife and kid were with me. My wife, my, my mom was picking us up from the airport. But my wife was working on some business. She was like, "Hey, uh, I, 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 our, our internet on the on the plane wasn't working very well." So she's like, "Hey, before we jump in your mom's car, can, uh, can I need to send an email real quick? Is that cool?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah it's fine." So we sat down in the terminal, 
and and my my kid pulls on my shirt and he's like dad 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 look and he points over and i look over and it's jocelyn edwards and i was like oh yeah yeah, yeah. i was like she fights this weekend you know like she's in the ufc and i i thought he was gonna like point out her her ufc gear because she was you know wearing ufc stuff but i was like he's like did you see her shirt and I was, or, that's what he says like did you see her shirt and i was like yeah she fights in the ufc he's like no 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 he's like she has a cool Naruto shirt. I was like, that's that's pretty funny. So, uh, good to see Nikolai Negmarano versus Ihor Poteria. And then Orion Koski versus Blood Diamond, who uh, I have seen on some things as Mike Diamond this week. I don't know if that was a mistake or not. If he's going away from Blood Diamond and becoming Mike Diamond. I'm not sure. We'll find out on fight night. Uh, so anyway, listen, uh, USC 277, I'm happy it's in Dallas. I think it's going to be a very entertaining card. I love the main card, especially, you know, if you don't have to pay a couple hundred bucks for tickets uh, and you can just watch it on pay-per-view, I think it's going to be worth it. So uh, excited for that. Now, here's the rest of my week, which is interesting. So I'm giving you a plug for that. I'm also going to give a plug for CFFC 111. So uh, if you're around on Friday night, I got I got a really interesting weekend. I talked about it before, but – so uh, tomorrow, I'm, I'm hanging out here at my dad's house tonight. Um, I'm going to go to the press conference tomorrow. And then from the press conference, I'm going straight to DFW. I'm going to fly out to Memphis um, because on Friday night, CFFC 111 uh, is, is, uh, is coming up in, in uh, Tunica, Mississippi, which is just south of uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So I'm going to fly out there. Looking for that. You know I love working the CFFC events. Man, we always do great on UFC Fight Pass. So please – Make sure you tune in for that on Friday night. Uh, we got some fantastic fights, man. The main event, Miles Lee versus Donovan Beard. Miles Lee, undefeated at 3-0. Wanted to fight as an amateur a little bit longer, but just couldn't get any more fights. Nobody wanted to fight him. So Went Pro is 3-0. It's not getting a lot of people wanting to sign up to fight him either. So now he's fighting for the vacant middleweight title against Donovan Beard, who's uh, out of Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, just suffered his first loss last year, but it was up uh, – or it was down a division, i say. He went down to welterweight to fight Raheem Forrest, uh, suffered a loss there, and it's now back up to middleweight, kind of more of his natural weight class. Uh, that So it's it's four, it's uh, he just brings a 6-1 and one record in. Miles Lee, though, man, this dude, former next-gen champ, like I said, undefeated. I, I think, and I've got, I don't have the exact stat for me right now, but I was doing the research beforehand. I think if you look at his amateur and pro record combined, uh, the fighters that he fought at the time of the fight, uh, their total record is like 21-4. and four. I mean, that's unreal competition like that early in your career. Um, pretty, pretty impressive. And and the guy, he, he was actually a former next-gen champ. And the guy that, which the next-gen is the amateur division of, of CFSC. And the the fight that he won uh, was over a guy named Cedric Dumas, who's now uh, 6-0 and as a pro and fighting on the contender series. So think about that. Miles Lee was the only guy to beat him as an amateur um, now he hasn't has many pro fights, but I don't know. So really, really intriguing stuff there. Raheem Forrest, uh, the guy that just, like I said, just mentioned Donovan Beard. He's back in the co-main event. He's fighting against Trevor Allison. Trevor Allison, the best nickname in all of MMA, or at least one of them, the man, Blackie Chan. <laughs> I love it, man. And Trevor Allison is an absolute, just, um, uh, just an entertainer, man. He, he Check this out. Guys, five and four. He's had nine fights, five and four. Every single one of them has ended by submission. Every single fight. Nine fights, win or lose. Every single one of them by submission. And check this out. Four fights under CFC. This will be his fourth fight under CFFC. This is the third time he's fought an undefeated fighter in those four fights. Like, the dude will fight anybody. He says, you know, if you're a fighter, you say yes, period. You don't ask who the opponent is. You say yes. Phone rings, you you take it. So, uh, love to see that, man. DeAndre Anderson is back. 
Jonathan Parisma back. So it should be a good card. Uh, CM Punk cannot make it this week, unfortunately. Uh, but Anthony, uh, Anthony, excuse me, I was looking at the card. Andre Petrosky will be uh, filling in. We've worked together before. So excited about that. CFSC 111, Tunica, Mississippi. So uh, please make sure you tune in that on USC Fight Pass. And then, of course, uh, check out uh, USC 277 on Saturday. If you can support us over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, uh, you can get the exclusive access to the and a half episode that I guess I'll be doing from my mom's house, I think. I mean, <laughs> Dallas is always funny like that, uh, working with the family. So, uh, yeah, we'll have it all together for you, man. In the meantime, uh, my family's hanging out, so I'm going to go kick it with them. But, you know, we never miss a week here. Every single week we've never missed one without fail. That's the consistency and commitment that we have to you, and uh, we'd love to do it. And, uh, of course, it means the world that you guys uh, support us in any way possible, whether it be over at patreon.com slash show, whether it be uh, taking the time to subscribe, rate, review, any of those things. It all means the world. And so uh, please, 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 truthfully from the bottom of my heart, thanks for listening. The Toyota Tundra is accepting applications for adventure seekers. Responsibilities include... Must be a self-starter. Relocation is expected. Frequently. Applicants must be willing to devote their weekends. Toyota Tundra. Born for getting out there. Toyota. Let's go places.